Welcome to Chaotic Harmony. My name is John. This is Crystal. We talk about the joys and the challenges of teaching music in the elementary school classroom. We share struggles, we brainstorm solutions. And we would love to have you join us. Welcome back to another episode of Chaotic Harmony. Uh, today, we have a special guest. Her name is Crystal Pridmore. <laughs> And so, Crystal, uh, you had a session recently with Teaching with Orf. I did. Um, which I heard was phenomenal. I, oh. s- I still have yet to l- watch it. But... Mm-hmm. Uh, but you, you hear me talk all the time. Oh, yeah. But... <laughs> I'll give you the rundown. Okay. Yeah, give me the rundown. So, how, <laughs> how, how, how'd it go? What, what happened? What were the things? It went really well. Um, and I had this project. And Jonathan's been really patient with me this year, I have to say. You've been patient with everyone. Let's be real here. We have. We have. But I had to drop off there for a couple of months um, because I just... I got to the beginning of the school year and we started in July because we're year round. And... Um, I hit a wall real fast, real hard. Um, I did, I was not prepared for the level of of hard that this year was going to bring. Mm-hmm. I I don't know what I was expecting. I knew it wouldn't be like the before times. I knew teaching in a mask would be hard. Yeah. Um, and you know, our listeners know we we were virtual for the entire <laughs> year last year. Um, but my goodness, I just it, it was teaching in a mask. It was. Um, we talked about this in our episode with classroom management in a yeah. pandemic. Um, it was like just the kids exhibiting behaviors that I'd never, ever dealt with before, ever on um, the scale that I was dealing with. Right. Um, and it was just my own personal life balance. Um, I was really struggling. And so what I needed to do was I needed to just kind of shell up um, mm. and just kind of I went through my life with a fine tooth comb and I was like, what is draining the life out of me and what is giving me life and what do I have to keep and what can I let go and how can I get through this Um, because I didn't want to burn out I love what I get to do yeah Yeah, but I was googling other careers on the regular Mm. um, because I was like I just don't know how I can last and Still a possibility. Fair. It's it's on the back burner. I always find it fascinating. Music teachers go to coding. We have several have gone that direction. It's true. It's curious. It is. It is. And it it makes sense to me because it's a creative field. So. And also, I feel like after working in a classroom with so many variables, (laughs) you want things (laughs) that have rules. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. I really can't imagine myself sitting at a desk all day is the only Mm -hmm. thing. Like, I wouldn't really be thriving. But anyway. I get why people make the jump. Yeah, same. Yeah, so um, after I kind of pulled myself out of that pit, and I shut down, like, I wasn't on social media for a few months. I was hardly talking to anybody that I didn't see face-to-face, and I just had to do that. But once I once I figured out how to get myself together and get through and actually feel like I was still growing um, as a person <laughs> and as a teacher and a mom and all the things... Um, I was like, okay, I feel like I've figured a couple things out. And I feel like my people are really suffering right now. Like my my music teacher buddies mm-hmm. uh, everywhere are just struggling. And I, I just had this vision of everyone just collectively kind of going towards collapse. And mm-hmm. I was really afraid, um, and still am, that uh, there's just going to be a mass exodus from teaching at the end of the school year. And I felt like I had to do something about it. So um, I pitched the idea uh, of a um, music teacher burnout resistance workshop to Teaching with Orphans. So that's what it was. The okay. The title was um, Growing into a Burnout-Resistant, Trauma-Informed Music Teacher. Um, and I was really adamant that it was 
burnout resistant, not burnout proof. Mm. Um, and that it's not becoming, it's growing into <laughs> language matters. It does. Yes. It does. So that that's what it was. And it okay. was amazing. We had people join from, I think 10 different countries wow. all over yeah. the world. Yeah. And that was just who was, who joined live. Right. And there were over 250 people, um, who, who registered and it was, it was a trip. Um, I didn't see any of them because it was the webinar format. How does that feel? I feel like for such a topic of, yeah. how, how is that? It was intense because I was delivering the content that I felt so passionately about. And you know, such an important part of teaching is receiving feedback. Yep. And, uh, and it was odd not to have it. Um, and then when it was over, <laughs> it was just me and my laptop balanced precariously on a cooler. <laughs> I was like, well, I guess I'll go home. <laughs> but um, everyone who has left a comment um, or uh, emailed uh, Teaching with Orf to to say things that, uh, that were meaningful, mm-hmm. um, I have received all of those, and I am very, very grateful for the feedback. So thank you. Um, I do wish that we had some sort of way to kind of hang out and, and have some feedback. And we've, we're tossing around the idea of doing a part two, and I mm-hmm. would like it to be a normal Zoom meeting so that everyone who registered can have the opportunity to just have a conversation. Yeah, but definitely. I mean, I'm easy to find. Send me a message. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, if you find me, just there's not that many Crystal Pridmores, and especially not in the Orf world. So mm-hmm. just find me and, and message me however I pop up for you. I would love to hear what was meaningful. So yeah, um, but we've talked about self-care before, yes. and I found that um this last year when i was trying to sort through my stuff self-care is a problematic term and we've talked about that because it feels selfish like i'm Mm. going to put myself at the center and that is what it is um but i read a book um that really made a difference for me and it's called burnout by uh emily and emilia nagoski and their sisters and um emily is a scientist and a sex um therapist and researcher and then her sister uh, Amelia is actually a choral conductor. Hmm. Um, yeah. And Amelia burned out super hard when she was in her PhD program, like gotcha. had to be hospitalized. Okay. Um, and it was stress. And she, she was like, what's wrong with me? I feel so broken. Why does, why does this, why is stress putting me in the hospital? <laughs> um, and so Emily got really interested in it and they did research on it together. Um, so the way they frame it, and I found this to be revolutionary for my own life is they, they don't talk about self care. Um, cause we're not just lighting aromatherapy candles here. Um, they talk about completing the stress response cycle. Mm-hmm. And so it's, they talk about how our bodies, you know, go into flight, f- uh, fight or freeze, um, when the adrenaline rushes through. So you, you, it's like in, in back in the day, you know, <laughs> like you would have been chased by a lion mm-hmm. and you would have had that rush of adrenaline and that tells your body go, you know, or, it, and you run, uh, right? Right, right. And it's so, yeah. And so you run away from the lion and let's say, you live yay um because you know someone killed the lion for you and so then um you get that rush of okay i'm safe now and then you have kind of a wrap up with your community where you thank the lion for you know giving of its life force and you all have a feast together (laughs) and you celebrate and then you go to bed and the stress response cycle is complete so you had the stress you had your response to it physically (laughs) in your body and then all of those hormones that were released are able to Uh, be processed through instead of getting stuck but what's happened is we have these bodies that were designed to you know run away from the lion right but we just live at this constant low level of stress 
um, mm. where it doesn't feel urgent. You can't run away from your boss who sends a mean email to you or, you know, your students who are just not cooperating in class and you and it, or whatever is making you feel powerless. Right. That's the stress. Um, but if you don't do something to process it, uh, you know, dance it out, run. Uh, whatever it is, uh, then it then the stress hormones actually get caught in your body and they start causing major, major issues, hmm. mental and physical. Yeah. Um, and once I once I thought about it that way, it's like, okay, because you hear, we've heard since we were kids that exercise is important, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, and nobody ever put it exactly like this. I've heard people use exercise to manage their stress, but I didn't really understand how that worked mm -hmm. directly until I read this book and it maybe it seems obvious, but it wasn't for me. And I'm not a person who really likes to exercise. <laughs> I just have never been inclined to go to a gym before. And I move all day long. I go for walks, I you know, I'm an orf teacher. Yes, I'm up, I'm dancing. Uh -huh. Yeah, I move all the time, but I'm not going to go like you know, I'm, I don't go to kickboxing class. Sure, <laughs> Yeah. So, um, but when I thought about it like this, it was like, okay, this is a requirement. This is a daily requirement because they say in the in burnout in the book um, that the most efficient way to process those stress hormones through your body is 20 to 60 minutes of getting your heart rate up. And so I've been changing it up. I, I still go for my walks. Um, I've started going swimming at our community pool. Cool. Um, yeah, I've uh, I, I pick up my weights, um, just anything really, uh, and meditating, and it's made a huge difference. So interesting. Yeah, I just a couple of things when I was just sharing this. Yeah. Um, first off, I agree. The problem with like self care is not just so much that it's selfish, but also. Mm -hmm. Everyone has their own interpretation of it, right? And it's it's like the things that catch the SEOs mm -hmm. are the things that aren't exactly the most substantial, necessarily. Right. So well, and it's it's been co-opted and um, by marketing, yes, you know, very much so, right? So, Capitalism. Uh, yeah, mm -hmm. we can have a podcast on that if we wanted to, we but, could, alas. but we won't. <laughs> uh, but also, I think something that you mentioned, like the the movement, is necessary, but. The last part I think is super important as well, which you're doing with meditating. I am, the, the, yeah. The I do mindfulness. Of, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The notion of reflecting, yeah, I think is another part, and it's hard to do that. Bringing your body down and telling yourself, "I am safe in my body." I I, I haven't read the book, uh -huh. but I, I the whole notion of gratitude towards the, the what has been given is like it's not just about bringing your body down, but it's also a notion of like thinking about all the things that have happened, yeah, and also. Yeah, and I think about in the time of COVID, <laughs> yeah. like who has time and to reflect, or who gives who gives time to reflect, right? And that's it's not just it's it's a two part process. It's the exercise, yes. and it's also the thinking back. Oh, it is. I gave yeah. a lot of journal prompts in the um, in the webinar. If you're interested in signing up, it is still available. You can go to teachingwithwarf.com and click online workshops. And I believe I'm the first one in past webinars right now. If you're listening to this in November or December mm -hmm. 2021, um, so. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I I think, and that's the other part. So I talked about the stress response cycle, mm -hmm. but then um, I think it's really important that we just acknowledge that we have been through an enormously traumatic shared experience, yep. but it is deeply personal trauma to each one of us. Um, our own personal trauma is not the same. Yes. Um, yeah, it was not the same for my students, certainly, than it was for my family, not the same for me as it was for my children. Um, and not the same for me as it was for you, because um, it affected us differently. We we knew different people who maybe passed away from COVID. Um, we uh, we 
had our lives impacted differently depending on, I mean, we're in different seasons of our lives. Um, I, then the vicarious trauma, you know, I vicariously through my own children who, uh, had their own really hard things that happened to them that they lost from school. Um, but we're also picking up vicarious trauma from our students and from our coworkers. Um, and then we have this, this enormous worldwide historical trauma. So you've just, I felt like I needed to name it. Uh (laughs) I because it was like everything was so hard and I couldn't articulate why I was so tired and why I felt like I couldn't catch my breath yeah yeah so I just started writing it down mm -hmm. yeah and I think a lot of people oftentimes when they think about how tired they are they go for the instant element of like oh there's a mask while we're trying to do movement like yeah it's like we it's lost stamina loss but it's it goes deeper than that I agree with you there yeah and also I don't know if you exactly said this but like not just COVID but everything that happened these past two years yeah uh, at least in the United States, the political sphere of everything that's happening. I'm sure worldwide, it's yeah. just a hot mess. But I didn't get into that. But yes, I think the the polar polarization of our society. I, I, I think especially with the kids that we teach. Yeah, especially so. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I would agree. I would agree with that. Uh, there's there's just been um, a, a just cataclysmic chain of events yep. that have gone off, and uh, we've all dealt with it in our own way. And I think that when we it comes back to what we were talking about in the last episode, just having compassion for each other, listening deeply. I feel like so many of us have lost the ability to listen and I can get mad about that. And I do. Um, and I can also pause within myself and release it. And mm-hmm. I use, I use those. So when I say I do mindfulness, sometimes I do like lay down. Um, I like to do it in my front lawn cause we live in San Diego and it's, yeah. it's like, Oh, it's perfect outside. Uh, um, it's warm. It is too warm for November right now. Oh, it is too warm. Oh, you poor thing. <laughs> Can't stand it being 80 and sunny. That's not okay. It's not I'm okay. I'm fine with it. Um, at Mrs. Prin- Mrs. <laughs> the people who live where it's snowing right now are like suck it up buttercup <laughs> um, i know it's not okay but continue back to what i was saying uh you can you uh, and i do i i do like to lay down and, and meditate for longer stretches sometimes um you know half an hour to an hour but that's rare and that's mm. not where i started i started with two minutes because it was really all i could do yeah. and uh and it, it started with zoe um when she gave us the micro meditation it's just Um, You can do it right now. I'll lead you through. So find a comfortable position. I like to have my feet flat on the floor. Roll your heels and your toes back and forth. Be aware of how your body is sitting in your chair and where your chair touches your body. Take a deep breath in through your nose. Hold it at the top and let it release through your mouth. Then take a breath in through your nose and out through your mouth. And as you breathe in, this time think... Breathing in, I am aware of my in-breath. Breathing out, I am aware of my out-breath. And when you're ready, open your eyes. That's it. Mm. That's what you started with? That's what I started with. That's not hard. But I can't tell you the difference that that made. To do that at the beginning of my day. So I would would do it at school. I'd get to school, get set up for the kiddos, and then um, before I picked them up on the playground, I'd turn off all the lights, and I would do that. And I was just a nicer teacher. Mm. Um, I was ready to receive them because I wasn't bringing all of the stuff in my head to my classes. And I did that 
in between classes when I needed to, even if it meant closing my door and letting a teacher get mad at me while they were waiting with the students in the hallway for a minute um, because I needed to center and I needed to make sure that I was ready to to have the kids come into the room. So, right. yeah, that's to me, that's it. And it's just sending, um, you know, I, I you can get into a lot of it. I love the Calm app. Um, I got it free through my my health insurance um, there. And they have everything on there from five minute meditations to an hour long if you want a guided one. Um, but just learning how to do things like a body scan um, and just say, like, where's tension being held in my body right now? Because that's the cortisol getting stuck. Um, it hasn't been released. And that's the other thing about really becoming aware of the stress response cycle is when you do start intentionally releasing things that have gotten stuck, weird stuff will start to happen. Um, and and you'll be releasing things that you didn't know that you needed to think about still. Oh. Um, and I, I definitely found myself walking and crying in the neighborhood more than once because mm-hmm. um, I finally had, you know, I didn't have my earbuds in. I just had the sounds around me and just me and my body and just allowed whatever needed to come up to come up. Um, and sometimes when I would change it to a different exercise that worked a different muscle group, I would also find myself getting intensely sad and then getting it out or in or getting a wave of anger and then getting it out. It's like... It just, it has to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And we, I think especially as teachers, and I know as a mom, um, you know, I feel like I have to be even as much as I can. Mm. Um, And so giving myself that permission to feel was really important. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think about, I think about a lot of stuff right now. (laughs) Uh Um, Like, I'm sure two years ago, John Sullivan would have thought this hippy dippy kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. in the same sense, no, like I think about the fact that what's really the case is that we're just kind of conditioned to think productivity, productivity, productivity. And how is right. this helping my productivity in the immediate? And that's not healthy. No. By any means. And it's not good for the long term. So, yeah, um, that's awesome. Well, first of all. Yes. Um, yeah, we are not created to be robots. Um, and that, I mean, dear God, what kind of life is that to just be, you know, productivity, productivity, that's exhausting. I don't, I don't want to live that kind of life. Mm -hmm. I want to be present for it. You know, I only get to be, um, you know, this age with my boys, this age and my husband and I at this stage in our relationship and, and myself as a teacher once, I, this is it. I get I get to do this exactly with this set of circumstances once, and then we're changing again. And so I want to be here for it. Yeah. I want to learn the lessons. I want to have the stories, and I want to experience every joy that I can I can squeeze out of this life while I've got it. Um, and then, um, God, I I just I've really started to question where those things came from because I have held my children in my arms, you know, moments after they were born. And that baby wasn't thinking, how can I be productive? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that was planted. Yes. That was put in you, you know, and that was put in me. Yes. And we didn't ask for it. No. I don't even know where it came from. It probably came from a lot of places, but I've, I, I, maybe this is just the season of life I'm in, but I'm really looking all of those messages square in the Mm -hmm. eye and just deciding which ones can stay and which ones can leave. Yeah. 
I mean, also, like, two thoughts. First off, you sure you don't want to do a podcast on capitalism? Because <laughs> <laughs> I think we could do one. But regardless, like, I also oh, think... Oh, man, that's sticky. It is. Yeah, but I think that... Whoop. You say it's multiple facets. I think that plays a big role, All right, personally. people, add us if you want it. Add us if you want it. Like, Add us if you want it. But Give also, us your But also, like, if we tell our kids... Mm-hmm. I, I just think about, like, the, like, I find it funny that a lot of things we tell our kids, we don't tell ourselves. Mm-hmm. The things we tell our students. What see, came up specifically for you? Feelings. Mm-hmm. We don't tell our kids to be robots. No. <laughs> we don't tell our kids. Well, some teachers tell our, their students to be even keel. And there's a moment mm-hmm. in time that you need to have your emotions not overwhelm you. Right. But in the same sense, feel the feelings. There so. is a... a it, learning how to manage your emotions, especially big ones like anger is such an important skill. Um, It's not about stuffing it. It's about allowing it to come out in a way that is appropriate and will not harm others. Um, I mean, everybody listens to this podcast knows I just have the most enormous crush on Mr. Rogers ever. (laughs) I think he was a genius. I adore him and everything that he stood for. Um, But I love his song, the what do you do with the mad that you feel when you feel so mad you could bite when the whole wide world seems oh so wrong and nothing you do seems very right. And then he gives suggestions. You can punch a bag, you can pound some clay or some dough, Um, you know, healthy things to get the anger out. But I think the most powerful part of the song is it ends with, I can stop when I want to, can stop when I wish, can stop, stop, stop anytime. And what a good feeling to feel like this and know that that feeling is really mine mm. you know to have that self-control yeah. yeah i yeah i want that i i have i have two children who have their mother's uh gift for large emotions <laughs> it is a loud household here in the pridmore house uh we have big feelings that rip through us like freight trains and um i i never wanted to teach them when they were toddlers to hit um a pillow or anything in order to get it out because i often thought like well they're gonna get bigger mm-hmm. and so i don't want them to hit other things uh when they're bigger so i tried to think of other ways to deal with the anger and, and then give them words for it so i think arming our students with language yes. for those feelings is very much so yeah we just did a school-wide cert we have an amazing counselor um and she's done a number of surveys on the kids um to find out where they are with their social emotional skills mm-hmm. and um putting words to their feelings that was it was a line on the survey like i can put my words to my feelings and it was a, a shocking percentage i believe it was 60 percent of the students said they didn't know um or feel like they had the skills to do that and uh I just kind of stared at that one for a minute, those results, and thought, like, wow. All right, we got work to do on that one. Yeah. 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 Articulate what's wrong. And I think about the last episode we were talking about teaching music, not just teaching the bigger things oh, yeah. through music. Yeah. And just we're, even we're more teaching so people how to be good humans through be, the vehicle of music. Yes. Yes. Very much so. Mm hmm. A lot yeah. of thoughts. A I lot know. Of thoughts. Yeah. I, you know, small stuff. Small, yeah, just the small stuff. <laughs> just small just stuff. small stuff. We go deep here. This is That's how I roll. I don't have time for shallow stuff anymore. I love having fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that that's, I think something that maybe the gift of the last two years has been like, I just don't have time to waste. I, I get for... this just to on stuff that doesn't matter. Mm, yes. I don't have energy for it. And I don't, I don't want to think about it. And I've just 
gotten to the point now where I'm I'm solid enough in what I think and who I am that I can say, no, <laughs> we're not going to layer that on top of what I'm doing. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. And so the, the idea that I had in my head that I just really wanted to get across for the session was we have these invisible needs and I wanted to make them visible. So naming it. Um, so making the teachers invisible needs visible in the form of, you know, what have we been through? Mm -hmm. What are we going through? Um, you know, externally and internally, and then how do we deal with it? And then, uh, the second half was, uh, ideas for bringing SEL into the classroom. So what invisible needs do the students have? Making the invisible visible. Yeah. I think about this quote, uh, I forget what it is, from Dr. Zhivago, the importance of calling things by the rightful name. I forget what the quote is, Mm. but there is power. I mentioned this in an earlier episode. There's power in calling a child by their name. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, you can use it for good or evil, but like, yeah. but uh, as opposed to like, I remember my first year, I had no clue what the kids' names were. Yeah. And like, there is power in calling them by their rightful name. And I think the same thing happens with ourselves and our mm-hmm. emotions. It's, there is power by naming what is being felt. And that's yeah. really great that you're making these invisible, visible. Yeah. Working on it. In progress, yeah. but yeah. Yeah. And to the point about the, the children, I, um, one of the, one of the things that really hurt my heart was there was a significant number of kids who answered that they, um, when hard things happened, they didn't know who they could talk to at school. Mm. And I was like, wow, I have work to do on that. Um, you know, we don't have their names. It was an anonymous sure. survey. Um, but it, I have gone through my rosters probably 10 times, um, and um, since we got the results to that on Friday, um, and just wondered like, oh, who does not feel seen? Who doesn't know? Um, yeah. And, and whose name do I keep messing up? And, and, you know, I know a lot about a lot of the kids, yeah. um, you know, nothing like crazy deep, um, cause we teach so many, yeah. uh, but I, I know who has a sister and who has a bunny and <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff. Like, do I know a little personal thing about everybody? And if I don't. I'm going to focus on a class at a time and just when they're lined up in the morning while we're waiting for the morning bell, just go down the line and tell me a story. Yeah. Yeah. Time. Time is precious. How are we going to use it? Yeah. There's another quote. I forget who said it, but um, how does a child spell love? And it's T-I-M-E. L-O-V-E. Crystal. (laughs) You, mean, you, you spend time with the kids, and that's how you show them. <laughs> that's how they believe you love them. We got four letters. We got it. <laughs> huh. Uh-huh. If you know what the quote is, let us know. I'm curious. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I'm sure it's a short Google away. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that was it. Awesome. I'm glad you had some really good reception. Uh, yeah. It felt it felt like it was the right time to deliver it. And after it was done, it, I just felt a huge weight kind of lift. It's like, okay, <laughs> that needed to come out. And, uh, and now I've said it and I hope that the people who needed it got it. Um, and it's, it feels very much like a beginning. And I think that of everything that we do and we talk about, um, to me, this is the heart of what I want to really focus on perfecting for the rest of my career Mm -hmm. is how can I help teachers become the best possible versions of themselves and how can we help our students become the best possible versions of themselves? Mm. And what does that really mean? And how can, how can we teach in ways that are meaningful and authentic? Yeah. Yeah. And loving. Definitely. Mm -hmm. And when, when you have your second session, Mm -hmm. I'm sure you'll post it. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we'll post on Scout Academy as well. Yeah, and I I think that there's there's a lot more to discuss in this. I'm curious if you're listening to this and if you if you've had something pop into your head, I would really appreciate um, if you reached out to let me know what mm-hmm. what's been difficult for you um, that maybe you're having some some trouble wading through if you're if you're feeling comfortable enough to share that. And you can either share that with me privately at me at crystalpridmore.com. That's my email or um, chaoticharmonyclassroom at gmail.com. If you want both me and Jonathan to read it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I would just, I would really like to know that. And what, uh, where are you stuck? Um, what do you need? What do you need a little extra oomph to get through right now? Maybe it's with the students or with administration. Um, and I want to look at all of these things through the lens of how can we process them um, and move past them. I don't just want to get stuck on them. Uh, it's important to acknowledge them, and it's also important to look at them with the knowledge that we're not going to stay there. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm. Growth mindset. Definitely. Yep. Mm. It meant a lot to us. Uh, we recently had someone reach out to us, not through the means that we asked you to, but you went directly <laughs> to us, and it was really awesome. Uh, Krista Jones, thank you for messaging us through Facebook. Um, uh, it was great to meet you in person through uh, um, during the ORF conference. Uh, it was great to uh, chat with you. And so we'd like to chat with more people, whether it's on just in general or if on one of the topics that we talk about here. So please feel free to message us um, at chaoticharmonyclassroom uh, at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Twitter or the Facebooks, Chaotic Harmony Classroom, no, at CH Classroom for the socials, mm-hmm. except for YouTube. That's forget that anyways (laughs) also it really does help um not just to communicate with us but also to help this community grow to uh give us a rating Uh, go on your apple podcast or any podcast listening app that has a rating system surprisingly there's not a lot but you know leave us a review um Mm -hmm. we would love to cite more people on this podcast who leave us reviews and five stars is the only acceptable offer we will (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we will poke you on Facebook if you don't. So, <laughs> and trust me, I will do that. He and will. I, I have. Um, <laughs> He's the only one who pokes me. I'm like, seriously, Jonathan? <laughs> we can get more people to poke you. <sighs> Anywho, uh, so please leave a review five stars. Also, please also, whether or not you listen to us on YouTube, it helps us grow this community by subscribing to our YouTube channel as well. Because we do this, vi- this video here. We have this video right here. Point at the camera. If you're listening, I'm pointing at the camera. No, I'm not. So (laughs) please subscribe with us and um, let us know your thoughts. Mm -hmm. All right. We're back with Spiccato after the break. I want to take a quick break and thank my husband, Brian, who's been working behind the scenes producing these episodes every week on all of the platforms and on time. But you need to know that he is first a financial planner for Mission Trails Financial. Mission Trails Financial is a partner that seeks to guide clients in the journey to financial success. They believe that people need a financial advisor that aims to provide strategies for success. Mission Trails Financial helps people navigate investments, tax planning, and insurance. Imagine working with an advisor who isn't tied to specific brands. Mission Trails Financial has a fiduciary responsibility to act in the best interests of their clients by providing independent, objective advice. Their mission is to help clients accomplish their financial goals. As Joe Vitale once said, a goal should scare you a little and excite you a lot. Do yourself a favor and set up a time to chat with Mission Trails Financial. Visit www.missiontrailsfinancial.com or call 619-419-0238 to schedule a call. You'll be glad you did. We believe that leaning on professionals is how we get ahead. Check out the program notes for more information. 
Okay, my spiccato this week is something that they had at the grocery store and I couldn't leave it there. And it's an ornament. And it's a gnome. <laughs> Isn't it fun? <laughs> it's super fun. It just... I was not expecting that. <laughs> <laughs> it has a pointy hat and a, and a little puffball for a nose and a beard. And that's it. There's no eyes. There's no body. It's just a little teardrop-shaped mm. gnome. I'm thinking immediately about Beat Buddies. Ooh, okay. Yeah, Tell me so about that. Playing music and just having the kid. Uh, ha- yeah, this would work. Mm-hmm. So no, you learned about Beat Buddies from... Through John Fire Robin. Hi. Um, hey there, hey. Uh, and so, so the idea is you play music... Um, and have the kids keep the key to the beat, maybe on the hand, yeah, maybe on the knee, maybe on the head. So they just oh. bounce a little beanie baby or whatever the mm-hmm. beat buddy is on their leg. I exactly. like using beanie babies for that because they crunch. They've got right. some weight it's a little to them. Tactile as well. This guy doesn't have any weight, but no, he would be really easy to make mm-hmm. too. Yeah, but he would work. Yeah, he would totally work. That's a fun idea. Also, sometimes what they do with beat buddies, not so much. It's a little bit of adaptation. Use them to like mimic the beat with what you do with your arms or heads. Oh. You, this this little gnome here, if you're not watching the video, doesn't have much other than a cap and a nose. <laughs> and so a I'm not beard. In a beard, a long <laughs> beard. So unless your kids have beards, there isn't much manipulation you can do with that. So, but you can be creative with it. I like it. Yeah, it makes me happy. Um, I was thinking um, of doing. I love button. You must wander. Mm. Button. You must wander, wander, wander. Button. You must wander all day long. And you mm. pass the button around the circle, and then there's a kid in the middle with their eyes closed and hands covering, and whoever stops with the button, it's like hot potato. So you mm. pass it around, and then it stops, and the person sings, uh, or everyone sings, "Who has the button?" And the person who has it sings, "I have the button," and the person in the middle has to guess who it is Mm -hmm. and so yeah um but i have a teeny tiny little monkey um that somebody gave me i think it was a backpack charm and so we pass the monkey monkey you must wander and we just change what it is so i would think we would name this know me yeah know me you must wander wander. but i'm sure they would come up with some sort of fabulous name for him oh yeah they always Um, come with fabulous names oh i love it yes but then once they never forget what you name your puppet so Mm, yep Mm -hmm. don't ever try to give it a different name because they're like that's not her name uh that's not (laughs) earl yeah right they will call you out um and then i actually uh, i was so proud of this little gnome (laughs) that i showed um my marco polo group uh one of them on um and i and i asked some of my buddies on there uh what they would do with it and malia walter uh, got back to me and she said she has gnomes all over her classroom and she uses them a lot. And she said, you know, the purpose of any stuffed animal or puppet, if you give it to a child, is they sing mm-hmm. through the puppet or yeah. or the stuffed animal. Mm-hmm. And then it's not scary because it's the puppet singing not or them. it's the yes. gnome singing. That's right. So you could give the gnome a voice and it could sing back. Okay. Yeah. And I loved Cute. that. So thanks, Malia. Thanks so much for, Shout out. for playing. I loved it. If you have an idea for what Nomi can do, let us know. Let us know. Let us gnome. No, gnome. <laughs> Crystal, I only have two kidneys to process this. Yeah. Only two. Round of the week. 
All right. And then today's song of the week, it's not around, um, but is a song. And it is also from my teaching with Orf session. So I did three books for making children's invisible needs visible. And I had an invisible theme. So I had The Invisible Bubble, which is all about boundaries. The Invisible Boy, which is about inclusion and bullying. Um, And then I had um, The Invisible String, which is how we're all connected to each other through an invisible string made of love with everyone that we love. Um, So so they're 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 all beautiful books and uh, and everything I shared I I try to make sure this is true everything I share in a workshop has been tested on kids and it works mm. so I I feel like that's a requirement yes yeah mm-hmm. yeah and so I never share it with other teachers unless it's been tested and thumbs up so this is so the bubble book my invisible bubble is by michelle chan and she is a licensed marriage and family therapist and i love this book i was just kind of looking for something that would teach kids about boundaries and personal space because at the beginning of the year they just didn't know how to stand in a line um and they never do but it was really bad yeah (laughs) Because they hadn't been together, some of them ever, Um, but they, oh my gosh, like we just kept saying they forgot how to school. Um, And it's actually a PE standard in the state of California for kindergarten that they have to be able to do an activity without bumping into each other. Fascinating. Mm -hmm. Mm. I use that standard a lot. Okay. Yeah. Cool, cool. Um, So the, the book, My Invisible Bubble, is about a little girl and she is learning about how her bubble can be smaller when she's feeling safe and wants to be close to other people. But sometimes when she's not feeling as safe, she needs her bubble to be really big so that she stays far away. So I brought in, um, so we did a lot of different things with it and uh, and we did a lot of movement activities with it. Um, and I made up a little song to go along with the book. So it's just a soul me song um, because that's what we were working on at the mm-hmm. time. So it's, my bubble keeps me safe each and every day. Only I decide if it grows or shrinks in size. So that's it. My bubble keeps me safe. My bubble keeps me safe. Each and every day. Each and every day. Only I decide. Only I decide. If it grows or shrinks in size. If If it it grows grows or shrinks shrinks in size. Yeah, that's it. Okay. It's just simple. I made a little slide with bubbles on it mm. for notation um, with a, a Domi and Soul line. That's cute. Yeah. Cool. It's, they loved it. I, the, the kindergartners, first and second graders just were riveted. And I, I really like this book because um, there's a page where she's all dressed up in pink and, and her, um, fr- her adult friends of mom or something think she's cute mm-hmm. and ask if they can give her a hug. And she says, so I take a minute to think. And if I feel safe, I say it's okay by me. But if I don't and I need my bubble to be big, I say, no, thank you. And we practice that. And so I asked the kids, um, you know, if a grown up uh, or even if it's an auntie or an uncle uh, wants to give you a hug and you don't want to give them a hug, mm-hmm. is it okay to say no? And they'll, a lot of times they'll say no. And I'm like, it absolutely is okay to say no. Yeah. If you don't want to give someone a hug and you don't feel safe to touch, you can say no thank you. And we practice. I, no thank you. I really hope that becomes norm in mm-hmm. the next couple generations. I think it will. Um, but it's going to take more of us articulating that. Yes, very much yeah, so. Yeah, I want kids to learn how to listen to their own um, wisdom and intuition and be polite about it. Mm-hmm. But boundaries are important. Boundaries are important, yeah. Yeah. It all, it's not just... It takes not just the next generation, but also the generation before. Yes. Because grandpa and grandma want a hug, but yeah. if they understand. So yeah, but I hope that becomes normal. That's yeah. That's important. 
Yeah, but you know, sometimes you got to build that relationship yep. first. Mm-hmm. So thank you, Michelle, for putting such a beautiful book out into the world. Um, it is it is lovely and it is such a gift um, to to give so many of us. So um, definitely look that one up. Um, and I, uh, yeah, I hope that if you're interested in any of those things, again, um, the webinar is available. Uh, it's teachingwithorf.com. Click on online workshops and go from there. Okay. Thanks so much for listening. Yeah, thanks for being here. I know we're in your house, yeah. but <laughs> no, but really, like, thanks for sharing this. Yes, I know. <laughs> but uh, if they wanted to, you know, communicate mm-hmm. with you, Crystal, how can they find you? You can find me a lot of places. Um, my website's crystalpridmore.com. Um, and then my Instagram is mrs.pridmore. And you can find me at Mr. Seligman, M-R-S-E-L-I-G-M-A-N, for Twitter or Instagram or TikTok. Um, and you can find us at CH Classroom uh, on all the socials except for YouTube. That's Chaotic Harmony Classroom. And you can email us at chaoticharmonyclassroom at gmail.com. Thank you all so much. Thank you for listening. Take care of you. Mm-hmm. The Chaotic Harmony Podcast is a joint project between Crystal Pridmore and Jonathan Seligman. You can find us online at chaoticharmonyclassroom.com. You can email us at chaoticharmonyclassroom at gmail and let us know what you think. Give us feedback about what you would like to hear in future episodes. We're on all the socials. Find us on facebook.com slash chaoticharmonyclassroom. You can find us on Twitter at chclassroom, Instagram at chaoticharmonyclassroom, and you can even find our episodes on YouTube. Chaotic Harmony is the name of our channel. Special thanks to Brian Pridmore for his help with production and equipment. www.pridmoria.com. <laughs>